This morning, what we're going to do is uh, just on the basis of this week, I thought I'd kind of hit this a little bit differently. I don't even have my iPad. I got my hand scratched notes. And um, let's pray as we come to God's word. Lord, we just uh, thank you that we can gather in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that your spirit is present when the people of God gather in your name. And Lord, we thank you for the word of God, which points us uh, to you, Jesus. Your word does the work. And so we pray that your word would uh, pierce our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. Speak to us, that we would be pointed to Christ, that we would be strengthened, that we would find encouragement and hope, and that our hearts would be, uh, yeah, just strengthened and encouraged. And so, Lord, we just ask your blessing upon this time as we spend time with you in your word and with each other in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we are in Luke 22. We are in this final week of the Lord Jesus' ministry prior to the cross. And um, we've been seeing this, making our way uh, through this verse by verse, chapter by chapter. This morning, what I thought I'd do is something a little bit different, is that we're gonna, we're gonna read this whole text, and I wanna just point out nine things that Jesus prophesied. Nine things that Jesus predicted would happen because, you know, it's really interesting when we look at the Bible, a large part of our Bible is, is predictive. It's prophecy. It contains, contains predictions about the future. In fact, uh, those who crunch these numbers say it's close to 30% of the Bible has uh, futuristic implications, predictions looking to the future. And one of the things that we call... Um, Forward-looking prophecies in Bible is, uh, a, a title we give them is op- apocalyptic literature, right? Meaning it's an unveiling or it's an uncovering. And this is one of the amazing things about our Bible. From, from Genesis to Revelation, we serve a God. We've seen this much in Isaiah. A God who foretells the things of the future so that his people would know that he is God and they would not fear anything in the face of what is coming at them in life. The future's hidden to us. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what's going to happen this afternoon. But the amazing thing is the future is not hidden to the Lord. The Lord knows the future. He has plans that he is unfolding and that he is doing, and uh, we can trust him. And so as we look at this text this morning, what we're going to see is this. Some of these predictions are fulfilled. Some of them, I would say, are not yet and um, we're going to see, I think, in a sense, I'm gonna, I want to say this, Jesus as a prophet. Jesus as one who uh, foretells things to come. And so, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Luke 22. We're going to, uh, sorry, Luke 21, at verse 5. Have we got it on the screen back there? No? Yes? We do. Okay, verse 5. This is the scramble of a 740 ferry this morning. I said, I said I'm just going to read the whole text in one shot, okay? So we're going to do that. We're going to start uh, at verse 5 of chapter 21. It says this. And while some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, he said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one, uh, one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, teacher, 
When will these things be and what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said, see that you are not led astray for many will come in my name saying, I am he and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified for these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes in various places, famines and pestilences, and there will be terrors and great signs from the heavens. But before all this, they will lay hands on you and they will persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and to prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. This will be your opportunity to bear witness." Settle it, therefore, in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of, some of you will be put to death. Some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake." but not a hair of your head will perish by your endurance. You will gain your lives. Verse 20. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains and let those who are inside the city depart and let not those who are out in the country enter it for these are days of vengeance to fulfill all that is written. Alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, for there will be great distress upon the earth and wrath against this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all the nations and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and on earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of all of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken and they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see, uh, you see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom is near. The kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth, but stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the son of man. And every day he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and lodged on the Mount of called Olivet, and early in the morning, all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. May God bless the reading of his word. Great text, eh? 
It's exciting. You know, we, we see this, that Jesus is making prophecies, predictions about the future. And the Bible tells us that there is a test that is to be applied to those who prophesy. And it's this, that if they predict and prophesy things and those things do not come true, they are not prophets. And I think that that's such a valuable thing. It's such a reference point that I like in Scripture to weigh the words of men. I actually say this because in our day and in our time, there's a lot of people claiming to be prophets. I see lots of Christians putting their hopes in these people claiming to be prophets or called by prophetic names. Uh, one of the things that, that some local prophets, or, or maybe not local, but in, in our day and age, were prophesying that in the American midterms here, there was going to be a massive flip. Did you maybe saw stuff about this or heard about this? I'm like, look at this. That did not happen. These people are not prophets. Their words fell to the ground. They spoke things out of their own imaginations. They were not words from God. And I think that this is important because we need to Remember this, that it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to begin to put our hope in other places, to look to the words of men, to look to politicians, to look to changes in governments or institutions. Church, our hope is in Christ. We preach Christ and Christ crucified. That's what we preach. That's what we proclaim to the law and the prophets. If anyone takes you away from the word of God, reject them, reject them. And so it's interesting that we come here and Jesus is prophesying and we're going to see there are things that are fulfilled here and there are things that are yet, I would say, unfulfilled, but they're great. And so the first one I want to point out to you, I'm just going to point out nine things this morning, nine predictions Jesus makes. First one is this, prediction about the destruction of the temple. Did that happen? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Jesus prophesied it. And it's amazing to think about this because we know this, the temple was the center of Israel's worship. In fact, this is just days before the crucifixion. We're leading up to crucifixion. And what's Jesus and the disciples and the rest of the children of Israel in the land of Jerusalem there to celebrate? The Passover. And what is at the center of the Passover? The sacrifice of the lamb, the shed blood of the lamb to make atonement. And all of these things unfolded in this building that was at the center of Israel's worship, a big temple made of limestone. And it's a, it's a, 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 it was an amazing building and an amazing structure. It's hard for us to imagine this when Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives with the 12 and those who hear him and he says, not one stone is going to be left upon another. You guys, you're like, well, what, what does all that mean? Well, let me give you one example, okay? In the Egyptian pyramids, the largest stone, okay? The great pyramids, the largest stone in any of the pyramids weighs two tons, okay? The largest stone associated with the temple weighed 45 tons, 45 tons, 40 feet long, like four feet deep, like four feet high, I mean, massive. You're like, how do these things even ever get moved or put in their place? It's amazing. You're like, how could this happen? 
But even today, we're going to see this when we go to Jerusalem, you can stand. They've excavated Roman Road where you go right down to Roman Road and you stand below the foundation of the temple and you stand on Roman roads, roads that have lasted thousands of years that are actually broken to pieces. They're crushed under the weight of stones that were toppled down from the Temple Mount as it came down. In the days of Jesus, this temple had just undergone its renovation by King Herod. And King Herod had shored everything up. He had built out the foundation of the temple. He had gone through that building and, and, and the Jews didn't like it because Herod was also, he was Jewish and he was an Edomite. And uh, they didn't consider him a, a true a true Hebrew, a true Jew. And so he had gone through the temple and he had renovated it. And the temple was as close to its former glory at this point in time when Jesus said these things as it had ever been. And so literally, in AD 70, after three years of siege by the Romans, this temple was destroyed. We talked about it a few weeks back. I can't remember exactly what chapter that was, but we talked about Titus coming into Jerusalem and against his command, somehow they believe a, a torch was thrown into the temple. Remember the gold melted down and to recover the gold, they literally had to tear that building apart piece by piece, not knowing that in the midst of it, they were fulfilling this prophecy of Jesus. So this is a prediction that came true. Here's a second prediction. Jesus said this, that many false Christs are going to appear and the warning is this, that for the followers of Jesus, there is always this danger of being led astray by those who would claim to be of Christ and are not. We were talking about this a lot at our conference. It was, it was good about the power of the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist that opposes Christ, that spirit that opposes Christ. And, and we know this, we know that in, in the end of days that there is going to be a literal uh, a person who is going to fulfill this role and uh, bring about dark days on the earth. But it's also true that this spirit of the Antichrist or people that have represented him have appeared and come on the scene all throughout history, sometimes even personifying themselves, uh, the Antichrist personifying himself in institutions like government or in people, persons. I was thinking about this, you know, the institution, how the institution of government can take on this form of Antichrist. It's like one of the things that we were talking about in the conference and we heard so much about was the overreach of government into areas of life that are unbiblical, that don't belong to them. And I appreciated how these men uh, articulated these things. The healthcare actually doesn't belong to government. The choices of your personal healthcare and your ability to get care does not belong to the state. Or education, the education of your children. Historically, biblically, that belongs to the family. That belongs to the family, not to the state. Or even institutions that we have in our nation like, like welfare. You know, where the Bible just says this, that the people of God are to care for the widow and the orphan and those who don't work don't eat. And we live in a culture where so, we're so steeped in the culture of Canada that we are blind 
to the fact that these are unbiblical overreaches of the state. It's a personification of the Antichrist. And Jesus' warning here is this, is that as Antichrist figures come, don't go after them. Don't be led astray. You have to be clear-minded. You're not to be terrified. And Jesus says this. I think this is interesting in this text. As he's predicting these things, he says this. No, the end will not come at once. It's going to unfold over time. And so, an instruction to us from Christ, do not be terrified in the midst of these things, church. As Christ has warned us. Do not be led astray, Jesus says. Do not go after these men who come in my name, but don't represent me. A third prediction Jesus gives in this text is this, is about the world and the national disruptions and, I guess, disasters that are going to happen over time. It's just going to be uh, something that happens throughout history. There will be wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise against nation. You know, I was reading something recently about a, a fellow who served in World War II, and, and he was saying, and when World War II was over, he's like, I thought it was done. I thought that was the end of war on the world. In fact, you know, World War I was called the war to end all Wars And 30 years later, the entire earth was plunged back into a world war. And since that time, war after war after war, nation rising against nation. We see that in the world today, don't we? The Ukraine, the Middle East, different areas. Jesus says this is going to be the pattern throughout history. And you get this sense in terms of the other gospels that there is an ex escalation even in the midst of this, he says there's going to be disasters, national disasters, earthquakes, famines, pestilence. Uh, these things are going to happen throughout history. We've seen, uh, some of you have seen them happen throughout our lives. We've lived through, seen earthquakes in different places or, or the tossing of the sea in different places. Jesus says these things will be common on the face of the earth on the journey towards the end. And he says this, it's going to escalate with signs in the heavens. Jesus gives a pre prediction for his followers of, of persecution. Of persecution. He says this, you're, you're going to be persecuted for your faith in me. You're going to be persecuted for trusting in me, for, for fighting for the truth, for declaring the truth. And it's interesting, you know, we were, we were talking about different things at the conference and being encouraged even. They discussed, you know, the trucker convoy. And they said, you know, it's, it's wonderful that at the heart of it was this desire for liberty and for freedom. But they said this, the most of those who participated, and I agree with this, don't know what true freedom or liberty is or where it comes from. They think, oh, if we're out from the hand of oppressive government or these actions or these restrictions or this or that, we will have freedom. But that's not what the word of God tells us. The true freedom is rooted in a person, in Christ Jesus. And so Jesus says this, when these times of persecution come, it will bring opportunities to witness. Don't be afraid. 
Don't be fearful. Be prepared. Be ready. Always be ready in season and out of season to give an answer for the hope that you have. And the Lord says this, you don't even need to worry when these times come because you're going to be given a mouth to be a witness and no adversary is going to be able to stand against you or contradict you. One of the stories uh, that's come out of Calgary, uh, I want to tell it to you. It's in the documentary. I'd heard it before because I'd listened to Tim on a, on a podcast, but Tim Stevens, who was arrested and all of it so prolific and it going across the world and across our country, arrested in front of his children and all of that going on. Well, in the midst of that, you guys, a Calgary police officer got saved. And uh, that officer was terminally ill. And so that officer requested that Tim Stevens preach at his funeral when he passed. And so when he passed, there was a full uniform, full attendance, Calgary police <laughs> funeral. And Tim stood in front of the men, including the chief of police in Calgary, had overseen his arrest and everything. And he declared the gospel of the Lord Jesus. God gave him opportunity in the midst as he just sought to stand up for truth and to be a witness to Christ. It's interesting, this text, he says, here, you'll be betrayed by brothers, betrayed by parents, by friends, by relatives. One of the things those pastors talked about in the documentary is they said this, we actually don't know uh, who turned us over to the police, who turned us over to the state, but from everything we can tell, all signs point to the fact in every one of their situations that it was someone on the inside of the church who had reported their own church and their own pastor. It made me think back because, you know, we had some dealings with Vancouver Coastal Health when we were open, and I thought, wow, how did they, <laughs> how did they know? How did they know, like, within a day or two to call and say, we heard you were open, that you were operating, Will you consider moving? And I said, yes, we were. They said, will you consider moving your service outside? I said, would you consider allowing us to sing if we're out in the public? They said, no, we can't do that. And then I said, well, I can't tell the people of God not to sing when they gather in the name of Jesus. And so there's this warning of betrayal by, by brothers, by parents, by friends. Even this, Jesus says, some will be put to death. We know this, the history of martyrs throughout the ages, those who have died for their faith in Christ. But Jesus' instruction is this, endure, endure. In this text, Jesus says, keep going and by endurance, you will gain life. Here's another prediction of Jesus in this text about Jerusalem and its destruction. You know, the nearer we get to the Lord's return, the more Jerusalem is going to move into the forefront of the news and, and world events. But in the time of Jesus, Jerusalem faced a destruction uh, 40 years after this time, A.D. 70. And what's amazing is that when the city of Jerusalem finally fell to, Rome, to the Romans, there were no Christians left in that city because they had all heeded the warnings of Jesus and they had departed rather than staying in that city. And Jesus says this, the city is going to be destroyed. It is going to be trampled by Gentiles. And there is going to be a time when the Gentiles will 
continue to trample on it, and then that time is going to come to an end. And I would say this, I believe this. I mean, Luke shares part of the Olivet Discourse. Mark chapter 13, Matthew chapter 24 give us some different insights. Luke actually, in his gospel, focuses on AD 70. Mark and Matthew also include comments about that, but they also speak of the time of the future tribulation and that which will happen in Jerusalem at that time. And so the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70 was a, was a foretaste. And we know this because Zechariah 12 and 14 tell us about what will happen in Jerusalem in the final siege at the end of the age. Here's another prediction from Jesus. Signs in the heavens that would be attached to his coming. So that's exciting. He said this, that the nations of the earth will begin to be in perplexity over the roaring of the sea. I think this is something yet, yet to unfold, but we, we hear foretastes of this. Jesus says this, people will faint for their fear over the foreboding of what is to come on earth. And the whole point of the text is this, for those who are disciples of Jesus, for them to know that Jesus is in control, you guys, of the whole universe. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and his followers need not fear in the face of the tossings of the sea or the foreboding of what is coming upon earth. In fact, what Jesus says to do is straighten up. He says, straighten up. When you see these things, Straighten up, raise your head because your redemption is drawing near. When they begin to take place, he said, just straighten up. So church, in these days, straighten up. Here's another prediction from Jesus about the fig tree. Now commentators, you know, debate on different thoughts about what is the representation of the fig tree in verse 29. But the point of this parable is this. Whatever you land with the fig tree or whatever you think the fig tree is, whether it's the nation of Israel, whether it's just a a sign, whether the nations are foreshadowed here, the whole point is this. Understand the times in which you live. Look around and recognize when spring comes. Like, how do you know when spring comes? Oh man, the leaves are all falling here, right? But man, I, I love to be in my yard and to watch the life come. And it's like, okay, I know spring is coming. The crocus has popped. The buds are coming. And the whole point of what Jesus is saying is look at things around and recognize the season that is upon you. Then the next prediction that I'll just quickly point out this morning is this prediction that the heavens and the earth will pass away. You guys, is that amazing? It's hard for us to imagine this. But Jesus said this, the heavens and the earth are going to pass away. And the point is this, don't get your life too tied up. Disciple of Jesus, follower of Jesus, don't get your life too tied up in the things of earth, earthly things, because there is one thing that will endure heaven and earth, and that's the surety of God's promises, the surety of his word. And then one last thing I'll point out to you from this text, 
a prediction about the danger of dissipation and drunkenness. Dissipation. Blake and I were talking about this. I'm like, man, what is dissipation? And we're like, I don't, I don't know. I was thinking the same thing. So we were talking about it. And he quickly Googled. And they said, oh, a great picture of dissipation is the clouds disappearing in the sky. And Jesus says, you need to be aware of that in your own life. Don't be like a cloud that just begins to fade away, that begins to disappear. Don't, don't waste your life in excess. Don't waste your life in self-indulgence. Don't squander this life and the things of this world, but live for the kingdom of God. Don't waste this life by having a lack of self-control. The other picture Jesus uses is drunkenness. You know, to come under an influence, to, be, to lose your sobriety and under the influence of a controlling uh, power. And here the, the warning is of, of wine, you know. And Jesus says this, well, his, or his word says this, that we're to be influenced by the Holy Spirit, that we're to be those filled with the Spirit, the controlling power that keeps us of sober mind is the Spirit of God. And Jesus' warning is that dissipation and drunkenness, they can creep into your life. And you need to know this, that my coming will be suddenly. He says it's like a trap. You know, just think about that mouse on a trap playing with the cheese and how quickly that mouse trap snaps. Jesus says my coming will be quickly. It will be like a trap and it will come upon all. That's what he prophesies here. That's what he declares, the face of the whole earth. And what's interesting is, is this, is that this text ends right at the end. And you'll want to go back and read all of this, I hope, today. He speaks about how to survive. And he says this, you need to be in prayer. You need to stay awake. You need to be in prayer that you'll be ready for those days. You need to pray for strength. And I think this, I think church in the midst of these days and some of the things that have been before us and as we navigate our way out, it's very easy to become an escapist. To say, I'm going to run here. I'm going to run there. I'm going to do this. I'm going to escape from the situation. I just like in the midst of all of the things, you know, I have that heart in me. I'm like, okay, I should pack up and get out of here. Go buy a farm somewhere. Wah. And every time the Lord quiets my heart, and I'm told no. <laughs> I'm told I'm planted here. I plan to be here a long time. So, you know, you're sick of me now. It's going to be bad for you. <laughs> Don't be an escapist. Instead, every day with Christ. Be every day with Christ because Jesus says this. This is important. This is where I want to just simply end this morning. He says, all people will stand before the Son of Man. See, there's a day of judgment coming. There is a day of judgment coming. And as we consider the word of God, as we consider these things that Jesus prophesied, I just want to implore you, if you are not, you need to be reconciled to Christ. You need to turn to Christ in repentance and faith or turn from your sin in repentance and turn in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is, has come to save you from all that is com coming upon this world and to save you from sin 
and to save you from sin's power and sin's consequence and sin's penalty. But his word tells us this, we must turn to him by repentance of sin and faith in his work, his work on the cross to redeem us. And so church, let's be strengthened in prayer. Let's be those who continue in the word of God. Let's know this, that we have apocalyptic scriptures that declare to us many things about the future and they are helpful because they teach us don't fear in the face of the things that we are dealing with because God is with us and his kingdom is coming. Would you stand with me this morning?